0: Commanders, and welcome to episode 75 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, John Stabler. Uh, this week, we're a bit low on development news, so later on we'll be discussing some interesting topics, one of which is about peril in elite dangerous and on the subject of peril i've decided that this week's episode will have the theme of villains so joining me in the orange sidewinder tonight the hans gruber of youtube it's top shift terrorist colin ford good, good
1: evening i feel <laughs> quite good being called a top shift terrorist good all
0: me. of a sudden. well i'm glad you like that one um <laughs> We also have the pussy-stroking blowfeld of Abercadrabble. It's our own resident barman and sound engineer, Grant Psycho Cal Wolcott. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, had to mention the cat. I forgot to put myself onto the
2: stream there. Just typical, you know, usually me and my buttons. <laughs> Not pressing the right ones and that.
0: Oh, hello, cool. everyone. I'm here. Always professional, always professional. Um, the Darth Vader of audio drama. It's Lave Station's entertainment officer, Chris Jarvis.
3: Hello. Although I have to confess, when you started the other intro with pussy stroking, I just assumed you were coming to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought, well, I thought Blowfeld, and for some reason, I thought Grant. I don't know. Sadly, Alan Stroud's not with us because otherwise, I was going to have him as Biff Tannen, <laughs> <laughs> not not the young one, but the really old and grumpy one <laughs> from Back <laughs> to the Future Two. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so sorry about I think that. Think, but fly, think. So, just to let you know, if you want, you can join us live. We're hanging out. Uh, hang on, are we hanging out at Live Station? Is anybody in Live Station?
2: I am, and I'd live like- on the Xbox version. Right. Ah, okay.
0: Right. All right. So, uh, if you've got, if you own an Xbox, then you're in luck. If you don't, sorry. Um, I don't even have my joystick set up, and I'm honestly so
3: forgot. <laughs> Terrible.
0: So um, hopefully everybody's going to be in the uh, the chat room anyway on QuakeNet. There's no point in anyone joining the group Fozza tonight. But yeah, if you go to the IRC chat channel, it's #leave-radio on QuakeNet, and you can access that through the Leave Radio webpage. If you fancy tweeting us, uh, you can tweet us at Lave Radio. We've already put a request out for some questions on the topics we'll be discussing later, so we should get to them shortly. So it's that time in the show where I ask people what they've been up to because we all lead such interesting lives. Colin, what have you Hello. been doing?
1: I've got back from holiday, a very nice holiday in the Algarve. I've come back almost tanned, you know, that kind of Scottish skin tone which says you're not as blue as you used to be. <laughs> and had two quite nice surprises. One, the builder had finished my, uh, our back garden, so we now have a very nice back garden, including a Moss Isley-looking pizza oven. And this mysterious joystick turned out of nowhere and almost caused a major domestic. I'm not going to mention any names, but it's very gratefully received, even though it caused quite a few moments of unexpected tension. <laughs> oh. It was is. she disapp- Was she disappointed with the joystick? Um, uh... <laughs> I don't know how to answer that one, to be honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yes, uh, X52 Pro arrived in the door by a very nice Amazon man, and I was very confused because I'd never ordered it, and I thought I'd, 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 something had happened. Oh. But it was very gratefully received, considering my X55 is no longer with us. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs>
0: Okay, then. Um, Chris Jarvis, what have you been doing?
3: I have been mostly trying to get my head around putting stuff together for a Kickstarter for the Chaos Reborn audio dramas, which we'll be getting on with (laughs) hopefully soon. But it's, I mean, if anyone's listening and's ever kind of put a Kickstarter together, you you suddenly realise actually how complicated these things are (laughs) to work out. I've also been, oh, Colin, you'll approve of this. I purchased for myself the Alien vs. Predator tabletop board game. Oh, right. That's why I have been spending many evenings this week painting miniatures because it has a bewildering number of miniatures inside it. So, uh, yeah, that's been good. I've, I've yeah, learned some to, new stuff.
1: It's been you have to give me some tips on how to paint uh, little models next.
0: Oh, no, no, no don't, Diana. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> don't rely on me. But, yeah, I was no, I say, surely it's just like painting big models, but, you know, smaller. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> just use a smaller brush. <laughs> yeah. That's my tip anyway. Um, okay, Grant, what's been going on?
2: Well, it's actually been, I don't know, it's one of those weeks where you just seem to be constantly doing stuff, but at the end of it you can't quite put your finger on what you've actually achieved. We've been working solidly on the Hutton Orbital content, obviously Drabble, which uh, I managed to win last week, which has been such a, a long time. Yeah, you know, you know, it doesn't. It's not easy to sort of fake those graphs, but I've managed to do it. So, I set the the topic for this week, which is um, crikey, My prayer in my last moments, and it's all because I had an idea about four months ago, and I've been trying to, well, honestly trying to win since then, so that I could pull this whole thing together. So, along with creating content and editing stuff from the likes of, um, we've had some fantastic people in the community, like Steph uh, Wyeth, who's been recording little clips for us, Helen. She's been doing the horoscopes, which are hysterical. and just trying to get this Hutton Orbital radio station together, ready before the community goal lands. Um, and on the side of that, getting things prepared for Friday's show is definitely going to be worth tuning in. Even if you can't manage and you want to sort of wander off to crash landing, which is the kind of dumb thing, <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, it's going to be it's definitely worth tuning in. Real life-wise, it's been pretty much just getting... Yeah, just getting through the weeks really So nothing ex- exciting other than and radio, all the editing audio, all constantly And uh, starting the edit on Docker Season 2, Episode 1
0: Oh, exciting times It's just um, all
2: clicks and control keys
0: Well, yeah, I mean, as far as what I've been doing this week Me and Alan Stroud, we interviewed Julian Gollop for a second Live Radio interview and it's uh, about Chaos Reborn and it was really interesting but of course I'm editing it um, and that has taken forever I, it, I, I haven't edited anything for a long time uh, and it just I just got reminded of how much of a chore it can be especially when you know you want to try and cut out all the ums and ahs and you want to make it sound professional so I, I've pretty much broken the back of that I got about 30 minutes of stuff to edit So that'll be coming out soon. I was going to finish it tonight, but um, obviously I was needed on this. So, Chris, um, I hope you're not—you know—I hope you got a bit more to do on your Kickstarter before I can uh, release this. You're not waiting on me. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's all good. Okay, I don't feel so bad if you know if you were like (laughs) saying I'm I'm ready to press the Kickstarter button as soon as this podcast is done, then I'd feel terrible. In fact, I'd leave now. No, I need to... uh, There's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to happen before that, so don't worry too much. Okay, all right, so I'll do it tomorrow night. Fantastic. Right. (laughs) Okay, does somebody want to take... I'm trying to save myself for the discussion topics because I know I'm going to have a lot to say about it, and I don't want my voice to be, you know... I don't want everyone just thinking, God, John's just talked all night tonight on the podcast. So does somebody want to take us through the development
1: news? Right. Well, we've got two major bits of of news this week. Obviously, the the latest development news is about 1.4, and that is due out in beta next week, or the week which is the 31st, starting the 31st, rather. So normally when these things happen, we get a beta release sometime on a Thursday, Thursday night, and everyone goes mental. Um, it does look like there's a whole load of extra congratulations on it for everybody for stopping this secret plague, which um, is being used as some of the story examples that Michael talks a lot on, on this uh, in this newsletter. They have three kinds of story. There are the big story arcs, like the Imperial Succession thread, uh, and it does look like he's hinted that there's going to be something similar to that in the federation, um, you can already see if you've been reading the Galnet. There's been a little bit of hints here and there where um, it's all of a sudden federal bodyguards are dying, and then they're blaming journalists for it. So you can you can see you know bits of storyline and plot beginning to fall into place. Uh, the second one is he discusses the community goals and how they link in with uh, the major plot arcs. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is that the Emperor's Grace has been blamed a lot for the assassination of the Emperor, yet there are three Emperor Grace community goals in progress at the moment. And it, and that is a kind of uh, example of how these things begin to mesh, how one supports the other. And the third one is a bit more ad hoc. These tend to be more... Um, local community goals, little little bits of flavor which always seem to affect local systems, and, and they 're they're working on ways which these stories can benefit other people uh, and you know if you manage to follow the galnet, it will give you hints on how to, how to uh, maximize your advantage if you like, if you know about all the ins and outs that 's going on in, the, in, a, in a particular system, uh, of course they, they did mention, of course, the unknown artifacts. The mysteries of those are about to get deeper, which these unknown artefacts are are driving me nuts because the the threads for this the the unknown artefact is now blisteringly big and no one's worked it out yet and they're all there going, "Mm, we know what's going to happen. We always, we know what's happening, and you just have this image of Michael Brooks. And I was going to say pussy stroking there, but I think that that might be a bit too much. But you know what I mean. In yeah, the, the old <laughs> blow felt, the old mustache twiddling, yeah, mustache. That is a better analogy. Otherwise, you might. I'll, I'll be honest. It's a much better mental image as well. <laughs> yes, I know. I just wish I hadn't mentioned that right now. But then again, <laughs> and then finally, CQC for the PC. Yes. Well, let's see. I've got lots of things to say about CQC, but um, I think I'll wait that until someone asks me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What have you got to
2: say about CQC? Yeah,
1: tell us. Tell us more. Where is it? I'm on the Xbox. I've been on the Xbox every day since I came back, and I've not managed to pop a match yet.
2: Unfortunately, I think I was, I was talking about this last week as well when we were talking about CQC coming to the PC and how awesome that is. But the concern yeah. I have is, and, and it might be down to the technical, you know, the technical side of getting an update done on the Xbox. But it does seem that there's no love and no urgency to solve problems on the Xbox version, as far as I can see. You know, I couldn't get into CQC on the Xbox three weeks ago. I can't get in the CQC today. It just sits and tells me much making doesn't work. Now, mm. I mean, I, I'm quite a dedicated player, you know, I, I'll forgive Frontier a hell of a lot before I, I spit the dummy out, you know, but <laughs> but this is, that, that, that kind of experience is a, is a turn-off, it's a complete turn-off, so hello, I'm Utilite, I want to see this CQC, it looks amazing, I've seen it all at and I'm going to run home, I'm going to download this, can't get a match.
1: Yep. I completely agree.
2: We don't know what's causing it, though. You know, is it just us? Is it just you and me? Is it, I've got you know gold membership, but I can't work out why I can't get a single match at all.
1: Yeah, um, same, same thing as you, um, gold membership. I think what we're seeing here is the difference between what Frontier can do on the PC version and what Frontier are restricted to on the Xbox version. Because in Alpha 3, uh, we had this problem with the spinning sidewinder, and one weekend later, it was fixed and we were back in. However, on the Xbox, for every single release, it's still got to go through this process, approval process. So, even if they fix it, they've probably still got to go through the approval process all over again, just to put it live. And, oh, that must be an absolute ball ache.
2: It is, but it's, it's, it's quite a concern. Um, I'm just going in and having a look at the... Yeah, bored and agitated, the forum is sort of a new experience talking about it. I mean, most of the the actual game of the the gameplay of Elite is is beautiful. It's it's for a PC player, uh, me playing a game of this nature on an Xbox is rare. And in fact, mm. you know, the console for me is a tool, mostly, and for silly games, and every sort th- of serious game I would play on the PC, and that is not to dumb, dumb down the console, but it's to- more to do with the fact that I have easier access to my PC than I do to the console, because it's attached to the sort of household television, so you can't get on very well. So if you want a game that you want to progress in, you play it on the PC, and that way it's easier. So it's just ease of access. And... I've absolutely loved the difference in the feel. It's a different experience to jump onto Elite on the Xbox. It's It feels as big, but the the controls give you a totally different experience. It's just, you know, it's not unpleasant. It's, it's challenging. And I think I think that's why it's more it, it reignites your interest levels because you've got to try and develop new skills. You've got to try and find your abilities again, and then you start getting brave and get walloped. But I came into the forums to try and see is there a massive thread saying we cannot get into CQC and I don't see one
1: hmm. So Yeah I noticed that because I was there thinking well hang on a second I mean I've been away for two weeks I come back, try for about four days in a row to try and get into CQC with no luck and if this had been the PC version we would have had by now a massive thread and probably a song
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I've just found <laughs> I've just found a thread right now. This is oh, okay. I shouldn't really. Oh well, no, it's fine. It? So it's a worm. So, the basic a question is: Is CQC down because this person cannot get any matches? Mm-hmm. And the, next, the very first reply is: No one plays it to my knowledge.
1: <laughs> oh, Jeez.
2: Now, that would explain it. But then it gets into kind of like you know, there the seems to be an issue with the matchmaker. So yeah. But there's no sort of official sort of answers to this at all.
0: Well, you know what the problem is, you know, the ultimate matchmaker, Cilla Black, she died. And so she's not running the show, then it's just not going to happen.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you went there. What, what is it too soon? <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I don't know. Is she, is she still... Has she actually gone into a grave yet? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah she yeah, has, yeah. All right. She's, she's fair game now. Like Max right. <laughs> Once you're six foot under, that's it. You're fair yes. game. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, i that would have made. Hold
2: on a minute then, that, that, that means John was out of order bringing up my cat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's
1: not six foot under yet. Well, you haven't stuffed it,
0: have you, and, and put it on the on the piece or something? No, not at all, no,
2: no. i just... <laughs> bringing it up! No, he's fine. Um... He's, uh, he, was, he was created, so I just have. We haven't. We've got plans for his ashes,
0: but we haven't gone through them yet. So you'll need to wait for your cat jokes until I let you know. Okay. Well, it's a bit late for that. We've already done that at the top of the show. So, but uh, I, I won't. I won't do anymore. Okay, Chris Jarvis, you back? Please say. I
3: think one. I'm back.
0: Yes, yes, you're back. Okay. I th- I Did you start
3: I, I tried to launch Illy Dangerous so I could get in and hang around outside live radio, a uh, live station with people, and it completely killed everything. I had to kill it with task manager.
1: Oh, dear. How?
3: What what I was going (laughs) to (laughs) say, eventually, (laughs) was saying that, you know, he's saying about there being no love for kind of quick updates for, you know, the CQC fix. But Dave Raven was talking about the fact that one of the problems of, well, let's not use the word problems. One of the challenges of uh, working on the, the, you know, an environment like the Xbox 360 is they can't just push out updates whenever they feel like it. Do you know what I mean, this was one of the things they were talking about with um, early on when they were talking about adopting the 360, was they were saying they've been quite used with the PC version, sometimes to even updating the client twice a day. Um, and with, with the Xbox, you just can't do that. Every piece of code that you release to push out to a game has to go through a certification process. Um, so I'm guessing they don't want to kind of go through that process if they're not absolutely sure they've fixed it.
0: Yeah, that sounds sensible, but unfortunately, uh, as we know, not everybody on the internet or otherwise is completely understanding that way, so... Well, no, no, uh, sorry,
2: just, just, you know, it doesn't matter about that process, it doesn't matter about that process, three to four weeks of a f- part of the game, a beta, that doesn't function is beyond any kind of excuse like that, that's, that's gonna, you're losing people... That's as simple as it is. You are shedding people every time they log in. How many times will somebody log into this and try it before they just walk away? Once, twice, it's currently on. You know, at this of reduced price. Okay, they paid for the full game, and you know, you might have the majority of people, but you've got a function here that you oh, we created the Xbox version for to show it off, to give it that exclusivity, and how exclusive CQC is because nobody can play it. That is the most exclusive new feature I have ever heard of. Exclusive to Xbox, a game part you can't play. Now, <laughs> so in my opinion, it's a priority for. That to be fixed on the Xbox, and we're getting closer and closer to the point where it's going to be pushed out on the PC. And sure, maybe it's going to be a little bit easier with the matchmaking on PC, but your confidence is affected by this non functioning part of this Xbox game. So it's you know, all one you're, you're pissing off all the Xboxes. Yeah, they might be excited about the fact that they've got this wonderful elite game and elite dangerous universe and to fly around with and do the exploration and get really really deep into it. But there's going to be a majority of it that watched it on these streams and saw that CQC and thought that's for me. That's what I want to play. And they go and they get the game and they spend the money they download it and then they spend what a week. You know, you can expect a bug on the first day of release, which is fine, you know, you you see that all the time, and you can't get into GTA Online, and within a week it's resolved to, to a degree, and they're working on it, and you're getting better and better access, but without a single matchmaking, and it was slow when it was working. To oh, get yeah. a match, you know, five to ten minutes before you got a a match up, and then once you got in, it was awesome. It was everything you could possibly want from that kind of fast action, awesome shooting players flying around. You're almost dead before you realise what you're doing. You know, it was that kind of fast paced brilliance. And if you can't get in, it's useless. It's, it's just it's damaging the experience of Elite for these Xbox players and people who are keen on that kind of PvP. It was there, it was promoted, this thing, you know, by the Xbox version, you'll get
3: access to the CQC, well, you'll be able to click on the button. And what's the communication from Frontier been, uh, sort of on on this particular issue?
1: Particularly quiet, I have to say. They say they know about the issue, they're looking into it. And that's, I think, the, the most we've got. Um, there's not been any mention of it in any of the development notes or anything like that. And I think the worst the, the worst thing about this is that if it hadn't been as good as it had, I, w- I probably wouldn't have been bothered. <laughs> but because it was so brilliant, uh, the... You, you, you were there thinking, right, I'll, I'm going to give this a little bit of a, a go. I'm going I'm to wait until it's, it's ready. And then all of a sudden when you're, you're looking at this, this ma- well, waiting for match symbol for the 20 minutes and you go, right, no, that's not going to work. Is there any point trying again? And then 10 minutes later you go, well, I'll just give it a go. You'll never try it. And then by the end of the night you're thinking, I just wasted my night just watching a waiting for match thing. Why do I do these things? Mm,
3: mm. there's is an issue isn 't there over there over you know there are there are people that think that if you if you don 't have anything to communicate if you haven 't solved the problem or if you haven 't come to a conclusion or a decision that actually no communication is required. Whereas actually the, the sort of the reverse is true. That if you if you haven't sold the bugs, if you haven't made the decisions, if you if you haven't got information to share, that's that's actually the time when you need to be communicating with people and saying on a regular basis, look, we really, you know, we really do know about this. We're doing this, that, and the other. And it does it. It's quite it's quite often the case with Frontier that you just don't hear anything from them at all until they feel they've got something tangible. To share, and until they've got something tangible to share, they just, you know, there's absolutely no, you know, there's no communication from them.
2: Well, mm. so the, you know, the, the thing that they should be doing is disable the feature for the current time, because the, the issue you're going to have is an Xbox player comes home, fires up the Xbox, johnson on, and wants to play the game. You know, and you want to play the game. You're not on a machine that it makes it oh, you know, maybe it is, but maybe it's just because I'm old console experience or anything, but I'm not going to sit in the Xbox and call it the forums so, there's my game it's right in front of me, and there's no notification for why this feature's not working and okay, it's a, I am aware that it's a sort of green light or a beta pre-release version of the game, but I'm still going to get oh, stop this then
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, Grant, while we've got you in rant mode, uh, the next topic um, is something I know that's dear to your heart because Sandra posted about power play. Um, so uh, uh, you were saying before the show that you had a, a really positive power play uh, experience. Perhaps you could talk about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you see, I've been doing trading pretty solidly. I'm, on a, a, I'm, I'm abusing the power play system as a trader. I'm in a system that is currently uh, exploited by Lavini, which means that there is an increase in the imperial slave supply. The price is pretty darn good, and if I do one jump across to a system that sells Imperial Slaves, but has a very small supply, I'm making about two two uh, 2,700 credits profit per tonne, so in one jump I'll make 1.2 million, so that's me abusing Powerplay as a non-aligned player. So, after, you know, enjoying these profits for quite some time now... I decided to have a look and see what was going on in the power play in those systems, and I can see that that current system that's being exploited is becoming uh, undermined. So I thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make, make 10 million today, and then I'm going to jump into a smaller ship and start doing some of the power play to try and reinforce the control system that affects this area. And um, so I decided right, I'll join the power play, I'll join the... The, the faction and went to do my trade route and upon arriving in the system I was interdicted by three commanders who, I just realised the minute I was interdicted I thought I can't, I've got to this, this anaconda is not set up for fighting it's it's a gigantic piece of uh, cheese and had to sit and watch while yeah, I um, lost my anaconda and lost 5 million credits to the insurance so I promptly left that um, power, It's <laughs> the stuff that's. I'll go and continue to trade until such times as I want to be involved in power and I'll get into a ship that is more catered for dealing with it. But yes, use powers, exploit the systems, but apparently there's been issues with power play that I wasn't aware of. Not being part of a power, there was some issues. I don't know, John, have you got the list? Do you want to go through them?
0: Not really, but I will. (laughs) It seems as if you've nominated me, but it's... No, I I, I, wasn't
2: sure if you wanted to go through, or if you want me to go through the
0: the list of the fixes.
2: Okay. So, there is... Sandro Samarco has, uh, on the forums this evening, uh, well, Zach put up, for him and, uh, put up an, an update that they've identified uh, some issues with Powerplay and have, in fact, got a fix ready for the next cycle, which apparently is this Thursday. Not trying to put any suggestions of anything else that might be coming out this Thursday um, for the issues <laughs> that have prevented Powers from spending all of their... Capital credits for preparation when they 've just recovered from a deficit, so the cycle before, so there's obviously some kind of overlap where they're not able to capture a system for an extra turn, which would be a bit annoying that actually if you do all the work so several powers have suffered from this bug recently, notably Torval, Winters and Ashling. And there is another issue that prevents conflict zones from being generated unless there's a planetary body in a system. And this causes systems of populations, but no planets, to get messed up and never allow such activities to succeed. Now, that actual issue where conflict zones come and appear when you know there's a power int- just undermining you in that area. That is exactly what's happened in this system, which is why I knew something was going on. Because one minute there was no conflict zones and then suddenly I'm getting interdicted six times on my way to the outpost. And you're getting all kinds of chatter. It was, I mean, it, it totally brings the system to life. It's awesome. And so obviously apparently there's an issue where that's not happening in some places where there's no planetary bodies. Archon has had a pretty bad deal with that issue and it's also a problem for minor factions engaging in war outside of power play, so that'll be a significant interesting fix for people who are trying to flip minor factions in a a small, unaligned system, so that's quite interesting so, these fixes are, well, the the ultimate aim will allow for conflict zones to be generated around other astronomical entities, but it probably won't be up and running for couple of months or so, He's just put down for some time like a month plus, so interesting two bugs that have been fixed and the list of systems that have been affected by these uh, issues is significantly long so I was going to copy and paste it and go through them all so that you could all get an idea, but frankly there's about 50 or 60 of them and it will not make for very entertaining listening, not that we do but just one of yeah. these things. So a lot of these things Should be implementing um, For the cycle change next Week So there's certainly some more Development going on with Powerplay which is always good to hear
0: Well thank you For contributing to the quality of this podcast By not uh, reading out that list um, I'm sure But the, the list is available on the forums you said Yeah
2: Yes it's a the Zach put up a post today Um and it just goes through the entire list of them That it is, it's, it's, it's a good I copied and pasted and it was four
0: pages Okay, yeah we definitely don't want to read through that then mm. Okay, so moving on uh, to Peak of the Week Now, um, th- these lately have there's been a lot of concept art put forward I guess because uh, it's, it, that's all they have to show at the moment uh, but it's another Horizons piece and uh, I guess the interesting thing about this... I mean, it, it looks fantastic, this little uh, base on it looks like a moon or something like that with a little buggy. But the interesting thing is the so far unidentified ship that appears to be landing. Um, so, go on then. What, what, what
1: are you going to put your money on, guys? Oh, easy. Panther Clipper. That looks like a Panther Clipper to me. Yeah. have to agree with you there.
0: Oh, okay. Nobody wants to speculate <laughs> that it could be something else. I don't know. Oh, it could it, just be it, like really, really. really yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it could be like um, because obviously you're not sure of the depths. It could be really close to the camera, and it could be like the, a lifter. Oh, don't mention mm, don't it. Swear could, like it could
2: that. be a, 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 an
0: alliance
2: dropship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't don't tease the alliance they, they fans.
1: Boo! Boo! <laughs> stop it. We know we don't get any love. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wasn't there talk of an improved federal dropship?
1: Could be that. Oh yeah, that's the gun. That's the gunship. That's the gunship. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, yeah. So uh, any other you know thoughts on this? Uh, uh,
3: I th- I th- th- no, I think I think with the four engines, I think if it's not Panther Clipper, it would be weird. You, what you know what I mean? mean?
0: Yeah, they could just be landing engines, you know, landing thrusters. Yeah, you know.
3: But yeah, but they're blocky on the side, and they look like they've got sort of a bit of rotation to them. Wow. It, it does it look it. super fun. I mean, it does look like,
2: you know, they're going to drop off some marines who are going to go in and investigate the fact that the outpost broke contact a number of months ago, and, <laughs> and they're going to go in there, and, and there's going to be face huggers and eggs and all kinds of... oh, It does look awesome.
0: Okay. Um, so newsletter time, I guess. Um, now, uh, I suppose the interesting thing about this for some people would have been the designer paint job competition. Um, I take it their in-house paint job designer's gone on holiday or something, so they're now outsourcing it to um, to the community. <laughs> um, <laughs> has how's, your, how's your
3: quest to McDonald's going, Grant? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so far, I've been asked to leave from two. <laughs> but then again, if you look on Facebook, you're going to see that, frankly, the McDonald's call is not as bad as it is leaving it for us lot.
1: No. No, there, there has been a few designs there where you're thinking, yep, okay, what are you trying to do? The Ann Summer skin there? No. <laughs> And Summer what how what made Anne Summers <laughs> You'll have to ask Mr. Vigo. No, well, it
2: was, it's Mad Dog. Mad Dog had designed it's one. But it's, there's a, it's an anaconda with quite a lot of pink. Um, the, there was one that I saw, which was a no, what was it? it was a was a cobra a cobra skin, and it was all black with white dots, with a little sidewinder in the middle of it, which I is quite funny. You know, that's quite smart. That's good thinking. I have seen some of the most horrific, vomit-inducing uses of colours and checks, and yeah, and I've seen ones that made the anaconda look like a wasp and at this point you're beginning to think poor Frontier are going to have to sit and you know, they're going to have to pay people to to get their eyes fixed after staring at <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> monstrosities and then out of the blue in the Elite Dangerous Community group on Facebook somebody put up a design that everybody who's looked at it since went, I want that that's, that's awesome that is absolutely brilliant and it's a beautiful anaconda design that really accentuates the shape and creates these wonderful blocks of blue oh, it's just perfect it looks professional and that justifies it. see that one skin, that justifies the whole lot, all the pairs of pants, all the naked, all the peas and the bum bums and the peas on the backs <laughs> oh, of ships no. are justified by that
0: one amazing skin Okay, so you've already picked your winner, then I guess. Yes. Okay, fine. fine. Um, okay, apparently there's been some new weekly community goals. I haven't done it. I haven't done a community goal ever, even when they first came out. I think that they were like so far away from me, I didn't even bother travelling to it.
1: But is this something any of you guys have done? Oh, I love doing community goals when I when I can. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, um, there's something about a community goal that really attracts a lot of the. Well, not, I won't say nutters, but, but it does act, um, bring it together a lot more players than you normally see, and that's quite good because then you start seeing uh, banter and uh, and some some proper uh, role playing if you like if, when you're out there because uh, people start um, saying right, I am going to pirate you because basically you're nuts. We're we're trying to block this community goal, um, but. Oh, the Lou event, which was basically community goals a go go all in one system with conflicting um, community goals, that I think has been my highlight with elite so far involving uh, this is before power play was put in, obviously, and um, that seemed to galvanize the community, bring them all into one place and um, it it that added something to the game which I feel. Has been lacking a little since, so I'm kind of waiting for a whole set of community goals, new community goals to come up, which will really galvanise people again. If you see what I mean, but the ones that they put in the mid in the mid uh, in in midterm, they they do seem to still bring a certain map people together, and that is always a good thing
0: do you think you know in hindsight after seeing power play do you think that maybe community goals have been a bit more successful in terms of you know kind of encouraging social interaction in the game
1: oh, I th- well it's, it's power play certainly in- encouraged some, uh, a lot more social interaction as as grant found out because those three players would have just completely left him alone if if he wasn't a member of a power um And I suppose being destroyed by other players is some form of social interaction. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think the main problem with there is you've got to be into that, that group, that little group that's doing it all. And so far, I mean, I've left Power Play to the side for the moment because I consider it the end game. When I've got my Anaconda and I've got my Triple Elite rating, then that's probably when I'm going to be getting involved with Power Play. Uh, but until then, I'm quite happily lone wolfing it and laughing at everybody else.
3: It is. But I mean, th- that's sorry. On you go, Chris. No, no. I was going to say um, the thing that strikes me about it, though, is that in terms of the, the the game they originally set out to design. There was lots of talk about sort of um, procedural storylines and, and procedural, uh, I suppose, community goals. And there was one of the sort of examples they, you know, they always gave early on was about how you might have a famine in a particular system, and then suddenly all the missions that come up uh, and all the, the, the sort of trading rates that come up are based around events that could happen procedurally and randomly in any system throughout the kind of, you know, throughout the galaxy. And it seems to me that a lot of the stuff Frontier have been doing seems to involve quite a lot of input from them which I think is making a rod for their own back because they can't possibly keep up with enough content to fill the universe with, you know, with, with stories and events for, for everybody out there. Because one, one of my experiences of Elite is because I sort of fly around wherever the wind takes me doing whatever I fancy. A lot of these community goals that come up and a lot of the, the story events that come up... It's like other people are playing a completely different game to me because I don't I don't see any of this stuff unless you actually fly to the locations where these things are happening. it could just be somebody else's game and I think I like what they've done with power play because it means that over a much bigger area there is probably something happening near you that is related to a power play event. Um, but I can't help feeling that... At the moment, it's just a little bit too much, like dipping into a particular system for a particular amount of plot and goals, and then kind of nothing anywhere else. Is that fair?
2: I don't know. I don't. Th- I'm not sure that that you know that's particularly fair. It might just be like you know, like me. I, when I play the game, I'm, I'm, I'm single-minded, looking at what I want to do and what I want to achieve, and. Even in the last, what, week and a bit that I've been recording Galnet news and creating the, you know these reports and stuff, it still doesn't affect my game. I jump in, I do the same thing, and I, I'm, I've got like, the goal of the amount of money I want to make before I start worrying about all these other factions, so I'm totally and utterly blanking them on on purpose. However, you know, in the past, I remember going into the Galnet map and seeing community goals scattered all over the place, and maybe they're now a little bit less scattered, but the, the very disease that broke out is an example of that it's not as you think you know that it is quite diverse, and, and these things affect it, and if it hadn't been for people who are actively engaging in the community goals, we'd all be affected by now as it would spread throughout all the different systems, and they, they were you know they were ready, they were hoping I think that they could wipe out systems <laughs> you know it's one of those things as a developer, there's nothing more fun than killing everybody um.
3: Um, I but is that not a problem? If, if, a, if a small group of players... I mean, as I say, small it's probably a big group of players, but if a small percentage of players can kind of get to the things that are happening and deal with them before anybody else has had a chance, that's quite negative across the whole gameplay well, community. To give you an example, back in the days when, when, when I used to do LARP stuff, there were certain characters that we used to refer to as plot sponges because what would happen is the the plot team would come up with this great thing that was going to happen that meant players could get on board, and you would see this NPC heading towards the kind of camp, and there'd be one or two players that would just be kind of loitering by the gate or would intercept them on the route, and suddenly all that plot that had been developed that could have been kind of shared out over a wider player base suddenly becomes the plot for these one one or two characters. Um, and that was a real problem, and I can't help thinking that actually, you want something which you, you either want something which can spread and become a kind of galaxy-wide thing that everybody can contribute to, regardless of where they are. And Power Play is like that, I think. I think or, that's... or you want the game to have the ability to generate these kind of events in local systems.
2: I think. Yeah, I think you're being maybe a, a little bit unfair with the the elite side of things because it's not quite, there's no heroes in community goals, there is no heroes they're they're all the unsung masses and if you've been involved in community goals it's a very sort of uh, individual level so you get involved or you don't get involved if you do get involved you can get involved heavily and you know go for the top rewards or you can just casually have a go at it I mean, again much the same as power play much the same as uh, the sort of uh, CQC, when it comes, these are great little diversions. When you are, you, you know, you're, we're all role playing, really, aren't we? We all want our characters to become whatever it is in our heads that we want them to be. We strive for that goal, whether or not it's to make a fortune so that you can buy the next big ship and become this, you know, legendary trader in your own mind. No one else cares, and community goals is a bit like that. Until they sort of, if they were to create a situation where Galnet would report on the heroes of a particular community goal, then there's a danger of people sponging. And whether or not they stop an alien uh, infestation spreading throughout the galaxy and it being, you know, a great news story, but it doesn't matter. It could be you know, two thousand players got involved. The fact is that it was there and you didn't get involved, is there a breakdown in the information getting to players who are so focused on what they're doing well, maybe there's some criticism there that you know there's a better way of engaging with the player who just jumps onto the game hasn't looked at the forum, doesn't bother with Galnet and jumps into the cockpit and off they go in their trade runs back and forth, back and forth because the community goals, power play these things are very social parts of the game and they're Ten times more fun in a wing of four. One, you've got the false sense of security. And two, you've got people who you can have that instant kind of interaction with while you're playing the game. So, for example, you know, there's there, there's one of the enemy. Let's take him down. You, one of the interdicts, the other three drop in. You've got awesome, fun gameplay, and it's social. On your own as a solo player, it doesn't seem worth it. Other than the community goals where you can fly to taking stuff and drop it off and then go back and pick up more where that trading safety is there. But other than that, you really want to play these things in groups and that's the social aspect. So maybe some kind of Yeah, maybe some kind of uh, incentive for those players that don't read Galnet would be good. Some way of bringing up a community goal and bringing it to their attention might get more people involved. But it is quite satisfying to be part of a community goal, to see it getting close to that end of the line. And you know, but you know, I don't think you ever feel that you are
3: a hero. Isn't that problematic though for for a game? I mean, isn't I mean we (coughs) were. Excuse me, we did talk a while ago about doing a podcast about you know the reasons why people play games and the sorts of things we want to get from them but if you're if you're if you don't have an opportunity to be a hero and there isn't a lot of reward for a single player in these things where's where's the game in that? I mean this is going to sound really harsh, and I definitely don't think it's like this, but if you think back to the the steam um summer sale game, which was basically just this random screen, and you sort of felt like you were one of a thousand people clicking on this icon, and eventually its health bar went down, and something else happened, and no one ever really understood it. But is are these community goals not in danger of being like that, where you're sort of, somewhere along the line, you're vaguely doing something that contributes to a bigger thing, but you don't really have any control over the movement of it, and, I don't know it just to me it just seems maybe it's because you know elite is the, a lot of the social aspects of the game and a lot of the things they've been doing with power play and with community goals are for me they're the antithesis of the reason why I play games and the kind of fun that I get from games um, but it just it i just don't see if if i've gone and contributed 0.01% to the movement of a goal I, I don't personally see what I've contributed or what what value I've had from that as a player. I think I understand what you're saying, and
2: actually I, I kind of agree with you. It is very much a case of, here's a preset list of steps, and if we complete this step, then we move to the next step, and actually your actions and how quickly you get to that goal doesn't seem to have much of a bearing on whether or not the next step changes or alters, so it is kind of like you are following one of these offers where if 5,000 people click this button, we'll go to this level, and if 10,000 people click this button, we'll go to the next level, and yeah, I understand you're not really, you're not shaping the story, you're just essentially clicking, (laughs) so I I get what you you mean there, and I think possibly the unexplored part of community goals is counter-community goals.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that because that really what made it for me in the in the Lu event because at, at that point we were having at least massive uh, fur balls we we were having um, at least an instance full of just commanders all in in two or three player wings and just going at each other and. It was intense, and I think outside of, of CQC, I think that's the closest I've, I've ever felt to being in in one of the uh, in one of the cutscenes or one of the promotional videos that, that they, they keep on putting out. I do know about the hero factor being a bit of a problem. I know that a couple of commanders have quit the game because of, of the fact that they basically played their hearts out for a faction. But because they were on that losing side of the faction, it didn't feel anything they could do to turn the balance. Even though they were playing their hearts out, and that I think that problem with power play is is something that they're going to have to look at because you know it's all down to a numbers game when it comes down to that.
3: And I think that's the problem. with The game is becoming more and more encouraging to the idea of groups, which is nice. People say they want groups, and groups feels like a nice sort of social thing. But if you end up in a situation where the larger group can exert its will to get things changed over the smaller groups, then the smaller groups are like, well, we have to get bigger in order to do this. And then you end up in a situation where before you know it, what you've got is Eve. And you 've got like three or four groups that run the game, <laughs> and if you 're not kind of pulling in the direction of one of those there's really nothing nothing there for you and I think that's that's my concern about it going down this direction of these massive goals because if you have these massive goals, the only way to coordinate that is through massive groups I mean like the power play thing the 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 requirements for being able to vote for you know, a new system to to move into. As an individual voter, you don't really have a lot to contribute to that. You need to weigh your vote in with a larger group, and I think it's... For someone someone that plays games the way I play games, the whole group's thing
0: is enormously off-putting. Hmm. Okay. Well I, tell you, I mean we'll, we'll touch on it again uh, when we get onto the topic of improving the social aspects of the game, but uh, if we can move on to the main discussions, um, basically I've put together three questions because I didn't like yours, sorry, Colin. Oh, I didn't um, like
1: mine after yours went up. It no, that wouldn't be a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Colin basically said, "For a main discussion, let's let's talk about what our favourite ship is." That's
1: <laughs> like, oh dear. No, like it was the be best round ship. Yeah, oh, there's okay. a difference. All right, okay, sorry. But, but then uh, everyone uh, will no. come back and say the Python anyway.
0: Well, there, there is that, although personally I, I, I wouldn't go for that. Um, but anyway, um, we won't get sidetracked. So basically we've got these three topics, and thinking about it now, you could basically do a hot, an entire show or an entire main discussion of a show on each one of these. So what we'll do is we're going we're gonna to try and do what we can with them, and if we run out of time, then um, maybe we can shift one of them onto a the next show or something, um, another slow news week perhaps. So, starting off, um, one of the many things that has been said uh, about Elite Dangerous um, is that, you know, it's like this mile wide and an inch deep. Um, Now, I mean, I have issues with uh, saying that um, because I think that it's more people... People's opinion, or you know, subjective opinion, whether they like it or not, just kind of reflected on the game as a whole, which I think is a little bit unfair. But I wanted to talk about depth in Elite Dangerous, and uh, kind of, I'll introduce this off the top by just talking about, you know, with depth, there's kind of two aspects to it, and they are actually quite distinct. And one of them is like depth of content, and one of them is depth in when we discuss games and strategy within games. So when it comes to content, um, I think that there's a lot of it in Elite. Um, I think that people are perhaps kind of looking past a lot of what Frontier have done. I mean, ultimately, they have created uh, an entire galaxy. Uh, there's no planets that are alike. Um, and from any, anybody who says for instance uh, that um, oh you know, it's, you know it's all samey, it's all you know just planets and stars I, I think unfortunately that's more of uh, the fact that those people just think space is boring rather than the game, I think that um, ultimately that you know the frontier deciders go for realism and I think they've done a really good job of, of getting that um, and I think that the people that think that this realism is boring, perhaps should be thinking, you know, about playing games which represent uh, space travel in, in far more un- unrealistic terms. Um, so, and, and to be honest, I think that if you're going to say that Elite Dangerous is not very deep in terms of content, then you're basically saying the original Elite was shallow, because you know, they have implemented pretty much everything from the original Elite plus more um, so I can't see how you can say that is you know, like a shallow thing um, and as far as strategy goes and this is perhaps where there's a bit more nuance um, combat in Elite has got a ton of depth to it it is perhaps one of the most deep um, flight combat games I've ever played because it's been so well balanced with all the weapons all the weapons are viable there's so many options to choose from um, uh, skill plays a major part. Um, you know, I mean, as you would expect, large ships are more powerful, but at the same time, you can leverage skill, and there is a chance that um, you know, if you're good in your uh, in your small fighter, that you could take down a large, inexperienced uh, like battleship or something like an anaconda. So I think the content there's there's plenty of depth in the in the strategy, definitely. Um, so Does anybody have any thoughts on depth to Elite Dangerous?
1: Oh, I do. Yeah? Yep. Um, And I've been arguing this with a lot of people uh, on Massively OP at the moment, is that um, they say, oh, it's just Euro's trucking simulator in space. And I'm just there going, oh, that means that you're not looking into the game. The problem that you've got is... um, People are too scared to actually go looking for uh, the content there there are <laughs> let's just say the the easiest way to make money in the game is trading, and after a while you get into a kind of comfort zone of trading uh, and that does get a little bit boring after a while um, I, I mean I will admit that um. There's, there was a bit when in my T7 where I was there going, I'm getting a bit bored of this. Um, I need something else to do. So obviously at that point there, I fired up the old Cobra in the hangar and, and just went shooting things. But the problem is that most of the people who complain about it's just Euro Truck Simulator, they've never been to an unidentified signal source. They haven't been to... Uh, nav points or any of the any of the uh conflict zones the uh resource zones anything or they haven't been uh involved in a community goal they've just gone the back and forward back and forward all the time and the the main problem is that trying to persuade people is is up to you the game says it's up to you to go looking for your own adventure but most people sometimes are a little bit concerned and a little bit scared to do that
2: do you not think that's a, a criticism that we could, you could raise uh, that could be resolved by kind of having, i say, for people being able to filter what they're interested in from the likes of Galnet and news and updates and even to the extent of power events. So, uh, for your example, you're a player who's more interested in undermining other factions and other powers, then you could filter your news feed, and you would get a little bing, there's a new update you go to, it and you can see that all these systems are now being undermined by your faction. So you've then got The game telling you the information you're interested in, things like if you had um, investigations or exploration events that you were interested in, then you would be able to have that ping into your inbox again. Breaking your focus enough to get you the opportunity to see the depth that you're currently not seeing, because I mean, I think there's a, a comment on the Twitch stream that we had in a couple of minutes ago, that essentially is, you know why play this game? Once you've got your Anaconda, you know, what are you doing other than making credits? Is it not just a credit making game? And the answer to that question is yeah, it is a credit making game, and unfortunately, as in the real world you can't do much without those credits but you will reach a level where... um, When I first started playing the game, I was just kind of getting involved in all the pirate and bounty hunting and then pirating stuff, and I didn't have the funds to support it, and it inevitably led to me having to wipe my save as I was the most unpopular pilot in the universe, couldn't dock anywhere, and had no money to pay the fines. So you constantly get bankrupted and you <laughs> lose your £8 million ASP, it's kind of sore. So, the credit pass. ASP, so it's there is tons to do in the game it really comes down to as a single player is there anything that entices you in, because if you read Galnet it's very dry and you know you're sitting there going through it and you're going right so the emperor is dead, there's been an investigation, they're looking for this reporter And, and where this would be relevant to your gameplay as a single player would be if you could go to any station and have a check and, you know, have a rumour mill to find out where this particular reporter had been. And if you could go out there into the universe and try and you know have some kind of way of scanning it, and when you scan that person's ship, you've located them, and a ping goes out, and you move that story on, then that's a bit more relevant, and it's more interesting as a player. But at the current minute, you've got to read through all these things that don't have a direct impact on your ability to be involved in that story, that don't have an impact on your gameplay, so to speak. And then once you get through that, you might find that there's a mention of an unidentified artefact, and follow those clues. But it may be easier... If, as a player, when you log in, you select what you're interested in from a tick list of news articles, and when anything hits that particular category, it pings it to you, and suddenly you're in the middle of trading and you think, oh, that really interests me, I'm going to go and get involved in that. And then what you're doing is you're saying, hello, there's all this depth over here, if you would just wade a little bit further out of your comfort zone come on down here a bit towards the deep end and suddenly the universe is alive and people have got reasons to get involved
0: do you think maybe some of this is to do with just the nature of the game it is quite different to a lot of modern games because um, what you're trying to describe there is in, in effect kind of leading players or spoon feeding them the kind of you know this is what's going on over here you know something which modern games does do very well i mean they 're very focused and it 's all about the player experience spoon feeding it 's not spoon feeding
2: it 's about cherry picking as a player it 's not the game telling you what you you know that you should get involved in it's you telling the game i 'm interested in this kind of stuff when any of this kind of happens can you can we filter that out a little bit and and let me know so that i don 't miss it because you know, there's a lot of times when you log in, and say, for example, you've not been on for two months, and you log in, and there's your inbox full, full of all your filtered stuff that you've missed. Suddenly, you know, you've got that incentive to to log in more frequently. It's it's a, an encouragement
3: to play more than a, well, a hand holding exercise. Sorry, I, was saying, I think there's a distinction though between the kind of the spoon feeding of games, where you where your drip fed a series of content you know, in order to sort of take you down an, uh, a road. But it's, there's a, there's an element of drawing attention to where the information is in the game. One of the comments i have had on Facebook, actually, is saying that one of the things he'd like to see is, and we've talked a bit about this, is having an in-cockpit news feed that kind of alerts you to things that are going on. And I think originally the unidentified signal sources were, were going to be something like that. The idea is you'd be flying around minding your own business, and suddenly you'd hear a transmission from somewhere, and maybe you'd go and investigate it. And unfortunately the way that's been implemented has actually been the kind of the wrong way round. You, you go out searching for unidentified signal sources because you're trying to complete a mission, and you know that the things that complete the mission are in those. But I think if you had... Just to to clarify, what I'm talking about in terms of drawing attention as opposed to spoon-feeding, if you play a game like Journey, Journey is quite remarkable because the opening... I suppose level of the game you're in this sort of desert and you're wandering around and it feels a little bit like you're treading your own path and you're going in whatever direction you want to go and you might see something that catches your interest and actually the game very cleverly guides you through the first couple of levels which feel very open and very non-linear but actually all the way through the game is dropping some very subtle pieces of information in your path which cause you to walk in a certain direction and it's it's masterfully done absolutely masterfully and i think something like elite you need the ability of saying yes it's a huge universe and you can go wherever you want but uh, oh look there's this thing here and there's this thing there and there should be a way of where players are in a rut of drawing them out of that rut and saying, you know, fine, you're flying between A and B, shipping cargo back and forth. But just look over here at this thing. This thing here is interesting. And once you start doing that, you then start opening up the game to people. You're opening up the content that they haven't yet seen. It's like I was saying, you know, I, I do my own thing and I don't really pay attention to what's going on with... Community goals or groups or plot or any of those things. But actually, if there was something um, popped up in my feed on my ship, or if I was flying along and suddenly I hear a transmission from someone and it's a, a diplomat saying, help, we're trying to get to this planet and we're being attacked by raiders, can you fight them off? That's a very different kind of, kind of emergent mission. And I think, again, I think the problem with this is, is if you have a game where there are no heroes, you can't have that kind of interesting content, because interesting content only happens to someone once. It's like the whole thing where they've tried to do online MMOs set in kind of superhero environments. You, if, if everybody's a superhero, then nobody's a superhero and it's the same problem with, with Elite, is that because you've got an environment where all the events that happen have to happen to the entire player base, what's really happening is nothing's really happening to anybody. And that's where I come back to this thing where what I'd really like to see is, is locally generated kind of emergent storylines with missions that come out of that in local systems. And that's where, I mean, Frontier know that they're going to lose the content battle with this game, because the universe they've created is so huge, and you can't fill the universe with content that you've created by hand. It's just not possible.
0: Um, So, I mean, without... You know, going down the road or like very specific solutions, you think that it's, it would be better instead of people searching through the, having to search through the bulletin board to find something interesting to do, you think they should focus on, you know, just prompting you while you're flying around and giving you opportunities that way?
3: The bulletin board could be done better. I mean, the bulletin board in Frontier was excellent because... What the bulletin board came with was an implication of character. There was a suggestion that there was somebody behind it that was that was hiring you to do to do this job. Whereas they've actually made the thing a little bit clinical in in Elite. It's literally just a you know the mission board at the moment is kind of like a tick list. But I think that. I think there's benefit to both. I think sometimes there is benefit in saying, you're in the middle of doing that. Why don't you come and look at this thing over here? And as a player, you can ignore those cues and carry on doing your own thing. You know, that's absolutely fine. But I think if you don't don't break into people's gameplay, they're not necessarily going to find the great content that you know is in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that uh, I think they did fail on ultimately was we all remember the very first uh, video of, you know, those ships um, receiving the distress call and then coming out of Super Cruise and then having a massive battle. You know, that didn't really happen, did it? You know, and I, that was like one of the first kind of promises that was implied that that kind of thing would happen and that blew everybody away. But ultimately that doesn't happen, does it? It's, it's, it's all having to you know, fly towards, a uh, um, you know, uh, an unidentified signal source, you know, wait until you slow down and then go into it. So that sense of urgency doesn't seem to happen, you know, um, dynamically.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's... But going back to, the you know, the original point, which was, was around content, I think... I mean, Colin was saying that, you know, Elite Dangerous isn't just kind of Euro Truck Simulator. But in a sense, for me, the thing that's great about Elite Dangerous is it is the best space flight simulation there is. And actually, you know, I, <laughs> in, in years gone by, I got a lot of fun out of playing flight simulators. So if all Elite does really well is that gameplay loop of taking off, flying to another system and exploring and landing... Elite does that very well. And I think, you know, in a sense, what you were saying is true. If if, if what you wanted was a kind of updated Elite, you sort of have that. You know, Elite Dangerous does everything that the original Elite did. But it's just, I think in terms of the... the the sort of content argument i just go back to the fact that you know they started with procedural generation and now they're trying to follow that up with manually crafted injections of content and i I think that's i think that's going to give them false returns i don't think they're going to get the best out of that they'd be better going back to their kind of procedural stuff and looking at how they can make interesting things happen all over the universe
2: Well, there's one thing, because obviously a lot of people, whenever you talk about depth in the game, the first thing that tends to spring to mind is you've got 400 billion blooming star systems, How, how bloody deep do you need it to be, but... As someone is again. We've got some points coming up in the Twitch chat, which is, are you know quite interesting. Some of them are telling us, "Stop being apologists and get on with the issues." Uh, so we're maybe not being critical enough for some people out there. But one of the points has been raised here: is right. So we've got this massive, massive universe, and you can explore for exploration's sake. But why? When you bring that exploration data back to a particular faction, if there's a community goal, there's a reason to go there. If it's a particular system, you may be, you know, trying to boost their experience and their power and that, in, in, their influence in their system. Uh, but other than that, there's no, uh, you know, it'd be awesome if you had a number of people coming back from these distant systems with information on them, and as a result, you know, you've been able to find yourself being named as the discoverer of it, which is quite cool and that can only be done once but it doesn't have any bearing in the game as yet No, so you don't see Federation news found and Earth like in the and blah 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 system we are now sending a a party of exploration and colonists to start that build. Do you remember if we had the discussions previously in the DDF about the fact that stations would be under construction and pilots would be required to bring raw materials? That's not happened yet, and that's a wonderful driver and a reason to be involved in exploration, to find suitable sites for it. Obviously, when it comes to the, the Empire, they don't give a crap. we if the planet's populated, let's just, you know blast it the smithereens and uh, use one of these fantastic terraforming devices to get it ready for our liking, you know, a little bit warmer Dude, those those, those pesky Federals they just like that temperature far too low we want it a bit warmer, so let's terraform them but you know, if you, if you understand what I mean there's a reason then for I'm an Imperial, and therefore I've been given a list of circumstances to find out there in the universe, and if I can find those and come back, then they'll send out you know, another recon team or a colonist team, and it would give that sense of shaping the universe, and you know, that's... That's, I think, possibly something that was discussed. I mean, there were so many things that were discussed way back in the DDF that plans that just haven't appeared as yet or have appeared in some kind of diet light version. And these things were all the stuff that we were all excited about. If you can remember the DDF and all those wonderful theme, you know those threads that were about thousands of pages long. The people going, yeah, yeah, but we need to do this, and no, no, I don't want to do that. I wanted to do this, and no, no consensus reached. And I think that is the issue. You know, one person's definition of depth is another person's definition of boredom.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was going to go back to that DDF thing. I mean, ultimately, they had some really grand plans, um, and it was a really ambitious project by the sounds of it. You know, they they did want to do everything procedurally, but they wanted, you know, everything from, uh, you know, the missions to, um, but just just basically, they wanted to have this hands-off approach. They wanted to create something that just grew on its own, and it was um, it was dynamic and it was engaging with the players. But ultimately. Um, it didn't come to pass. So now they're kind of caught in this middle ground where they're having to put content in themselves and they're trying to create game mechanics on top. But ultimately, do you think that maybe, you know, the original Elite philosophy, which was ultimately a single-player game and was you out creating your own adventure, do you think there's like a kind of incompatibility between that and a multiplayer game where everybody is trying to feel that they're getting something
1: out of the game. Well, I think it's all down to your perception, really. Uh, When I was involved in going back again to the Lou event, I mean, I felt like an absolute boss doing um, half the stuff that I was doing. Um, It it was still contributing to the goal, but, okay, I didn't have a, a big celebration presentation at the end with a medal or anything like that, but I, I felt uh, that I'd made not only a good contribution, but I, I felt that I'd, I'd uh, an absolute hero doing some of the things that I was doing. Um, there was an achievement to driving off a capital ship, even though I had a lot of other people helping me do it, but if you got the final shot in, you thought, yes, I just put that that torpedo down the trench. and And you did feel you know, you had done something significant. I think at the moment, I think the community goals, uh, I think they're, they're counting against those kind of feelings. And I think it's something that uh, they might have to look at in the future.
0: Okay, I'm looking at the time. Do we, we wrap up at 10, don't we?
1: Well, normally it's actually 10.30. Oh. But it was supposed to be a short show tonight. <laughs> See?
3: <laughs> See, some, someone made the mistake. Someone made the mistake of saying there's a slow news week, so it'll be a shorter podcast. And if you remember, that was always a guarantee of the most epically long podcast we ever record.
1: And it's funny you should mention that because not only um, as we've been on air, there, there has been um, some uh, development announcements as well. While well, we've been uh, just about an hour or so before we came out about how to set up. Uh, they're taking in applications for your, your own faction. That's on the uh, that's on the new, the, uh, the forums at the moment. If you want to look.
0: Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Well, well I tell you what we're going to do. I don't think we only get to all three topics. So, no. guys, are we going to discuss peril? Or are we going to discuss the social aspects of the game? Because we kind, you, you before the main discussion, you were really talking about the social aspect. So, do you want to expand on that, or do you, do you think that uh, peril is the topic?
3: I think I think we've I think we have covered a lot of social stuff, but we've covered it in terms of maybe some of the maybe some of the negative ways about where it currently work. It'd be worth having to think about and having a look at some people's comments on what could maybe be done to make the social aspects of the game better?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the reason I thought of this uh, topic originally was that I think, and this really feeds into something you guys have been saying tonight about local events. Mm. Now, for me, power play is it's kind of, it's, it's this kind of really high-level gameplay where you're basically you're picking a side and you're, you're contributing and you're working, but you're, it's almost like you're a worker bee but I don't get... I never had the feeling when I played it that it was causing me to interact more with other players you know, it was just a case of we were working together to try and beat this other team uh, and it was more about identifying with a faction than about uh, encouraging players to actually communicate or um, you know work together. There was there was no discussion with some stranger saying oh, by the looks of it, we need to go and... Um, uh, go and um, help this particular system, we need to go and fortify it because the stats told you that you'd go onto the screen and you could, and you would just pick the system that lo- obviously looked like it needed the most help so uh, for me, it actually kind of it didn't encourage hardly any social interaction at all, whereas I think if we can take um, some of those dynamic aspects. Um, you know of you're in a system and you get a notification about something happening and then but also that uh, event has been broadcast to other players Um, it would generate um, events and um, occasions when you would actually communicate more with other players or even come into conflict with other players so I think that localization
1: of things could be the key to quite a few of these problems well, as we're talking social um, on this one, I think one of the things that is missing internally in the game is something like Facebook, where, you know, you can put up adverts locally on a, on a bulletin board saying, I'm available as a wingman, my rates are quite cheap, just drop us a uh, couple, of, couple of tons of palladium at the end of it. It's, it's little things like that where you, you feel like you... you There could be the opportunity for contact with other players and I think there needs to be something like that that's internal to the game. Because I know you can do it external when you, you know, via via the social groups or the forums, but it would be nice to keep it internal into the game.
2: That is a situation where all these large groups like you know the like the likes of core emperor's grace this is where they've been fixing the problem for frontier before the problem was ever really significant you know they've been working on having fun with their members and including their members and recruiting other people and being open to new members so that their gameplay is kind of identified and they'll have their own champions and their own you know uh, celebrity version. and and things like that, so they're playing their own universe, and we're all part of it, and we're, you know, sometimes we'll be on one side of it that we quite enjoy, and other times we might be on the other side of it, where there are lasers and we're at the sharp, pointy end, and this, uh, you know, even ourselves as Lave Radio, we've got the Lave Radio chat room, we've got the Lave Radio team speak, and as a result of that, we've got this wonderful circumstance where people can come in, who are new, instantly they've got people to talk to, now I played Eve, I know nobody that plays Eve. None of my friends played Eve. I thought the game looked amazing. I went through it, and frankly, because I had no one to play with, there was nothing keeping me involved in the bigger game, and therefore I just kind of really lost interest in it because it was unplayable as a single entity. There was no fun. You know, everyone else is having fun blasting me to hell, but... After you've done the mission after mission after mission, that's all you've got. Social interaction is key in a game. It's what makes it fun. It's what gives you the gut-wrenching laughing and and laughing until snot comes running down your nose as you watch your wingman that you've just protected through pirate-infested space hit the back wall of the station because he hit boost. You know that kind of guffawing, live, Grand Theft Auto-esque hilarity that social aspects bring that's the importance of social and these groups have been doing it for frontier and when uh, fozzy did the conclave and and heard what they were looking for from the game that's stuff that they should do now that's important not to point out there to point out we're not talking about guild implementation that's that's just kind of not right for the universe but just by words, you know, guild's not right, but call it something else, call it minor factions, suddenly it seems to be Yeah, that that kind of sits better with me. We could have our you know, we'll all and I still say it, but I've said it before in the past. We should be able to go into a system that we call our home. And we should be able to pledge ourselves to a minor faction there and say, you know, as much as their powers and they're higher and they're above all this I want to be part of this faction. I want people to see my name on the ship and it will tell them that I'm part of the Bill Daiquiri brothers. Come what with that, what may, whether or not I'm a baddie and therefore I'm likely to be shot by everybody in the universe, that's the way I want to play this game and I'm part of a group of players, I'm part of a group of NPCs and I feel like I am part of something, albeit in this teeny weeny little system, in this massive universe. It's my reason to play and I can play it my way
0: yeah I, Colin Reed's honor the Facebook uh, made uh, you just talked about guilds. He actually said, you know why not have them? They don't necessarily need to be the fully fleshed out ones that we've seen in MMOs, you know with guild banks and you know shared uh, talents and things like that. but you know just the fact that you can have your own group and you can give yourself like a tag that'll appear and you can identify as your own group because um, I don't know, do you think maybe it's been a bit of a failure that people have, you know, some people have definitely taken on these these, these various factions and they've you know, made uh, a real role play of, you know, being a part of the faction, but I think when it comes to games, people love stuff like uh, guild tags and things like that it's just a small token but at the same time it can give people an identity, so I definitely think that would help um, and just some of the other small ideas are things like um, space uh, station chat rooms you know, Hutt, could you imagine how great it would be if you went to Hurt an Orbital and there was a chat room there'd be loads of people just docked talking there um, I think it's, it's just some small social features which plenty of other games have got right uh, and have implemented um, which could fit quite nicely into the game as it exists Okay, what else does anybody else have anything to say on social features?
2: well I mean I'm, I think I'm, having sorry uh, you know you're no. talking so I're talking about chat rooms and stations and bars situation, obviously space bars are something that when we get out of the cockpit will be critical, but again, all these things are so far away. what can we get in game now to address the fact that people are turning to Third party external chat rooms, in order to coordinate and have the fun and meet up with pals, we could do something I mean the disconnect between the game and the forum is is a slight issue as well because you 've got this wealth of information sitting in the forum that when you 're playing the game you could be oblivious to it existing incidentally if you have not been to the Frontier Forum it's it's forums.frontier.co.uk register and get in there there's a wealth of information (laughs) just in case you're listening to this and you haven't been to the forums they exist they tell you lots of information a lot of things are advertised there and of course you've got the elitedangerous.com website where it has all the community information and things too that can be vital in giving you an idea of a community goal that you might want to get involved in but frankly there is a definite difficult situation for a new player joining the game to know how to find a group that matches what they want to do some group in their own time zone can be a big difference as well I'll pass over to you Chris
3: No, no, what I was going to suggest was that in terms of improving the... For me, it's not just about improving the kind of social or communication side of the game. It's about meaningful interactions with other players. I mean, there is a nice thing that you can kind of go into a game and chat, and I used to have some buddies on, on, you know, PlayStation Network that sometimes we'd meet up in a game and basically just use the game as a chat room. Um... But I think the problem is so, like I've said previously i'm I'm almost entirely playing in solo these days because most of my interactions with other players were actually quite negative and was stopping me from enjoying the game um, and one of the things that I would have improved it for me is I was in a situation where I was trying to get some credits and and get my combat rank up in a um, in a what are they called? Um, combat zone thing, and there was another player in there that was in a massively OP ship um, for that combat zone. And basically, every time I came in to try and to try and do it, he kind of drove me out. So I thought, okay, this is a you know this is a multiplayer game. I'll go and find a multiplayer solution to this. So I was flying around and I was trying to find other people who were online who could help me with this situation. Now, I appreciate it. We've had some comments come in, you know, on the kind of social things, and there are some people that were saying that what they would like in the the kind of galaxy map is um, not just to see people who are currently online and in the same gameplay as you. You kind of want to see people who are offline or in a different environment than you. I, for me, I don't see how that works What you need is the ability to say, I've got the situation, I need help with this, so I'm going to put out a job, I'm going to put out a beacon that says, here's an amount of money I'm offering, or even like this particular guy, um, you know, if he had a bounty on him, there's some way of kind of saying, I've seen this ship, this is the bounty on it, who wants to come and kind of help me? Help me deal with this player. And then that would be kind of broadcast out from your location. And all kinds of players that are, you know, in the kind of immediate systems around you should see that pop up and have the choice of, do I want to travel to this neighbouring system and help out this person who I may not know, but actually we can have this kind of random multiplayer encounter and we can have a meaningful co-op experience of going and dealing with this particular thing. But instead what happens is you you sort of limp your way back to a station for for repairs. There's two or three people in local chat. So I put out a thing saying, Who wants to help me come and deal with this? And all you know, all you kind of get is nah, how much? Nah, not really interested kind of thing. And those aren't those aren't meaningful multiplayer uh, sort of social encounters you need to develop the game in such a way that it drives players to contribute to something together but i think on i know we've talked about the community goals and that's a way of getting like a load of people together but it's the difference between playing something like battlefield where you've got, like, 40 people on a server all kind of piling in the same direction, to something like Left 4 Dead, which is designed very specifically as a kind of four-player experience. And that was my real hope. When when the Wings update came out, and the, the Wings were limited to Wings of Four, my that like, gave me a huge amount of hope for the multiplayer, because I felt like the social interactions and the multiplayer interactions that the game was going to offer were going to be geared around these small scale interactions and people working together and i don't think it's about friends lists and i don't think it's about people you know because going back to journey the thing's interesting about that is it's a multiplayer game but the person that you join up with in multiplayer is a stranger there's no chat, and you don't even get their PlayStation username until the game is over. And then the game says, "By the way, this is the person that you've been playing with for the last couple of hours." Um, and I think that that level of interaction, where you're actually finding someone that has a common goal to you and doing it together, is is a much more powerful and much more rewarding way of playing with other people online than just this kind of slightly dry process that's there at the moment. Missions for wings would be you know a, a good way of of tackling, but I think
2: you 're absolutely bang on if you could send out some kind of beacon saying i 'm taking on this mission uh, that uh, 's for a wing of recommended of four um, you know who wants to join me at a local station, but it broadcasts to you know maybe fifteen light years across so that people in those areas get that broadcast obviously there 's always a danger of it being used as spam so you know, it might be a case of when you are selecting that mission, the option is to broadcast for support so that the game does it rather than the player, rather than it getting messy. And then those people can then do it and it will join them to your wing so that when they arrive at that station to fly out with you. They're already in your instance or preference. I think that some of the uh, interesting stuff that's missing, as well, is being able to send out distress beacons that other players can pick up. You know, setting your trap as a pirate. I'm a poor little man in my sidewinder, and I'm here, and I'm all broken and. You know, you set the trap, and then comes that person going, "Right, you need some help. What do you need?" And you know, then suddenly in come two anacondas and a, and a vulture, and the trap is sprung. That's emergent gameplay. It's fun. It's good fun. And then the person that you've just sprung the trap on happens to have four, you know, four friends who happen to be in a wing just behind them that drop out to back him up because they're watching for these kind of things because he sent out a distress call saying, help, I'm being pirated. The gameplay goes on and then suddenly you've got a bigger group of pirates that see that the other pirates have sent out a distress call saying they're being attacked and they drop in and you've got 32 people kicking the crap out of each other and this wonderful little five minutes created gameplay. But I think distress calls should be in game. Obviously, you shouldn't be able to type in your distress call. <laughs> Help me, Commander is horny on his own. Um, we don't want that kind of thing to be going into the game. But, you know, to be able to sort of select a different ones like I'm being attacked, I'm out of fuel, so that you can sit. And I, I know it sounds ridiculous to say this, but. Some of the most amazing gameplay is going to be sitting unable to do anything because your ship is damaged, waiting in the hope that somebody's going to come and get you. That's that's a ridiculous thing to say that that's fun, but to me that's got such an appeal. You know, people will sit and watch paint dry and find it entertaining and, and I think, you know, obviously there's something wrong with me if I think, you know, just sitting there drifting in space with my distress beacon going out waiting and waiting and waiting and then you get that bing back that says someone has received your distress call and they're, they send you a message I'm on my way to come and help you and you can go, yes! That's exciting and that's, that's quite good and that person's going to become a very good friend, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, what you're all describing here is basically the, the looking for group function that's in, bo- in most MMOs. You know, this is the thing where you, you're, you're flying around and you say you are needing some help with a particular task. That's in most uh, MMOs when you, you're going to raid a dungeon or you're going, you're going to do a, a Star Wars Flashpoint. They've got to work out a way to put that into Elite in, in a way that, that works. And that's uh, that's the, that's going to be the challenge, and I think everybody agrees it kind of needs that kind of functionality.
3: I mean, so someone's pointed out that the design of the current interface on um, Elite Dangerous. It doesn't help in the sense that your social interaction with players is kind of pushed away to a little window up in the top left and it's a little window that you have to kind of select and focus on and tab through different screens in order to kind of see the stuff that's coming in so it doesn't, you know, again it's one of these things that maybe just a change to the interface would actually make a huge difference.
0: Yeah so I think ultimately it's it's basically a kind of switch of focus from Uh, multiplayer as this grand game of risk that they currently kind of have to this localised um, situational you know find a mission and recruit people or you're out in space somewhere and there's a distress call and people get involved. I can understand why they have concerns about implementing localised missions, like for instance if you know, if the player base does spread out, then what's the point of having multiplayer missions in, a, in when most of the systems may have only a single player in them? So I, you know, I can I can see the problems that the developers have to work with, but at the same time, it could be quite straightforward to for the system to say, "Hang on a second, there's eight players in this system. Let me create something and notify them all of it and see what happens." Um, but I dare say that's a lot of work.
1: I mean, there is the broadcast to local function, but that only really works when there's at least two or three people in the instance. And, and it all depends on which uh, whereabouts you are. At the moment, uh, where I am in the Empire, there's only about two or three commanders I see uh, in one session. When you're in the community goals, you might see about five or six. But it, it all depends on where the spread of players actually are.
2: That's something that the the Twitch streams and, you know, Karash and Mad Dog and Resri and, oh, Craig, who am I going to forget? Kate Click. That's the kind... Fiery Toad. Fiery Toad, yes. Well, you know what? We can't name you all. Sorry. Sorry, because I'm going yeah. to forget some of you, and I'm really, really sorry. But the one thing that they do is they create reasons for commanders, like we do on a, on a Tuesday night. Not that we've blooming well turned up outside leave. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at Lave in the Xbox version with Commander Tester Rooster. And we're having a wee chat while we're sitting around, and you know, they, he, he's uh, or he or she are stating that you know they they through social interaction through the text menu and chat menus are able to find people to wing up with uh, which is maybe a different ethos than the PC version, maybe us PC versions are all bloody anti so so-and-sos who always think someone's on the take maybe the Xbox and the console players are much nicer and much more fun to play with than us, but the Twitch streams are creating the targets you've got battle for Slough let's go to Slough and get involved in these things and that's being created by people external to the game and that is people blazing their own trail and encouraging other people to come and join them on those trails. The destruction derbies around stations, the, uh, the games that they're playing just for silliness in the game are... They're not immersion-breaking. Uh, well, they're not all immersion-breaking. Some of them are just good fun that you know you might well see happening in a situation when you go down to the big long roads and you've got drag racers and the little... Novas burning their engines out just for fun and kicks. You know, these destruction derbies are kind of those antisocial pilots <laughs> meeting up outside the station with everyone inside going, for God's sake, can you keep it down? I'm trying to get some sleep. But it creates reasons for people to go there. So when you look at a Kate stream, you're going to see an instance full of people. Absolutely full of people trying to play together. There is a desire, there is a hunger for these reasons, and the community goals don't create that. Now whether or not that's because there's no one driving that goal in a sort of real life terms place like for example if if uh, Lavini was to put out some kind of video of call to action and then in game one of the frontier staff was piloting a ship as Lavinny and Creating rally points. My God, or the NPC. Let's not call it an NPC. Then suddenly you've got real excitement generated and people turning up. I saw her. I saw the ship. I saw him. I saw you know one of the Devals. I, I took a shot at him and then got completely wiped out by this NPC battle cruiser. You know, suddenly there's there's something that creates that urgency and that excitement. Something that just. Makes people want to get involved, as opposed to, well, it's four o'clock. You know, I'm going to go to my, I'm going to get some dinner at six. So I've got two hours. What shall I do? I can, I'll run some scrap to whatever as part of that community. Go and see if I can make myself some money. It's you know, it's, it's a reason to be part of something. And if these events are then. You're caught up with in the Galnet news, and there's an opportunity just to see your name up on that page. I know we said no heroes earlier on, but that wouldn't be a case of singling out people. It would be a case of thanking the commanders who came to their aid. Thank you to those that got involved in this. Unfortunately, we got defeated. Whatever. And then you've got the other side, which is thanking all those commanders that were there, that got them through that, and they succeeded. These would be great ways of doing it. And on that point, I mean, the, the whole Hutton Orbital community goal, that's the most worst bloody journey to make in-game by choice ever. The only people that do this are sadists or people that just want to say that they've been to Hutton Orbital because the Anacondas were dead cheap there. You know, liars, that's who it is, <laughs> right? And so, when it came to this community goal coming up and succeeding and we're going to get this Hutton Orbital community goal, the first thing I thought was, crap! We need to really drive it as a community event. We need to get people excited about it in real life. We need to connect with them and create that central channel for it to be fun. And that's obviously what we've done with Hutton Orbital Radio and the website and the Facebook page and the Twitter accounts, is we're trying to engage and make it easy for the new player to find us and get involved and feel part of it. And that's an external person doing what Frontier could be doing and have the ability to do using their own in-game characters you know they're more celebrity than psycho cow
0: absolutely you know yeah okay well i don't think we're gonna have time to to go on peril i'm afraid um so um and i did want to give a shout out to everyone who did uh, leave us questions uh, about the topics um, I know we didn't read them out verbatim, but ultimately I think we've touched on all the topics. So thanks to Colin Reed, Philip Afton, Honey Suit Loops, Andrew John Summersgill, Stu Barbs, Anthony Hunt, our very own Crash. Crimson State and Steve Jay's, yeah. Hopefully we can actually talk about Peril on next week's show, unless there's like loads of development news or something really to get us excited.
3: I, I, I do think though we should just read out Dave Hughes's tweet on the subject of Peril, which I believe is no. something like, "Dear God, please don't make the, the combat any harder."
0: <laughs>
3: you see,
0: I was actually going to say in the peril that I think that it's too easy, but uh,
1: you know, it's a perception thing, obviously. Depends how much insurance you've had to pay out lately. Yeah.
0: So um, four point nine uh, million credits. <laughs> So there was the only, only the one in-game commander on the Xbox, wasn't there? So um, I'll um, thank everybody in the chat room, I guess. Um, who's Q? Is that the guy from Star Trek? That's the, that's the bot that manages the channel. That's okay, then. I was going to sing.
2: <laughs> we do have commanders in Twitch as well, which I'll call up so that once you've done that list, I can sort of go through them.
0: Alright, cool. Okay, well, thanks to Penguin, Akilla, Ordax, Baust, a regular, Azeron, Brett C, Commander Axial Flux, Commander Git, Commander Highbite, Commander Pain, Commander Ripped, Commander t Time, Commander Ventura, Commander Thane. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, Thane. Yeah, <laughs> um, come on, Ashling. I don't know. What, what, is that a football team or something? Enterius, Fusion, Fiverr, Hello, Fozzer! Galactic Midden, Gimme, Highlight Shadow, I nime Jintosh, Me, Mindwipe, Nile, Zen. God, I, no, I've done as so I may as well do you as well. Colin is there, Phoenix to Fire, Sneevus, and Upper Bottom. Is that like. I don't know what that is, Upper Bottom. It's not like Front Bottom, is it? It's something else. Um, okay. <laughs> is it like a slightly posher bottom? Like, you get like Upper Chelmsley
3: Wood or whatever. This is like Upper Bottom. Uh, just I put... think you've got to stop saying it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: stop saying it. It's,
1: it's just put on the on the on the chat. I'm a bot, and so is my wife. Okay, um, fair enough. There
0: Fine. Maybe he's a bot Tom. Oh, sorry, I got his name wrong. Sorry, a bot Tom. Sorry about that, buddy. And um... that's not any better. <laughs> that's 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 almost slightly worse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's
2: on Twitch, Grant? Okay, we have got 38 people who are being tuned in to watch a static picture of text. I was hoping to bring some uh, <laughs> Xbox gameplay but I've got some issues to resolve with the capture card. We have 2plex. Abacus is there. Hello Ar Arzak. Arms Like Noodles. Hello Noodles. Baby Powder 84. Bad Wolf 77. Balsa 607. Bandit Man 9876. Basil Debris. Bill Woolvy. C.G. Reynolds. Cowbeat. Croniton Diggerel Diggerel Doctor Who Drago6777 Gimsec Graham Atomi or Atom Holy Von Moley John Osman, Mech Shadow Beast, Minion PS Nicomac Night Ogre 1 Oh My God Potato Herkunad, Rich X Sadomars Tomo Mori Ventec Watche and Zire 91 hello guys thank you for tuning in
0: yes it was a pleasure okay I'm going to wrap it up so that's it for another episode of Lave Radio if you'd like to get in touch with the show then you can email us info at LaveRadio.com you can find us on Facebook it's facebook.com slash Lave Radio at Lave Radio on Twitter you can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozza 101 to your Skype contacts or you can join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders come to hang out and chat and do all sorts of other crazy things. That's laveradio.teamspeak3.com. And as you know, if you've already tuned in live, we record live Tuesday evenings starting at 8.30 BST or GMT in the winter. And we stream out on the website laveradio.com slash live. So thank you to Grant. Colin and Chris for joining me this week and thanks to everybody who's listened live and made the effort to come to the station so until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous